Welcome to the Madge and Mastro podcast. il Maggio e il Mastro Podcast. Mi chiamo Maggio. Eh, sono Mastro. Mastro, oggi l'11 giugno, una bella giornata a Montreal. Come stai? Molto bene, Maggio. E che bella canzone questa sera. E come vai? Tutto bene, tutto bene, Mastro. We'll go back to English now for non-Italian listeners. But as okay. people can tell, we are very excited. It We're is hot. June 11th, it is Friday. It's beautiful. We're both wearing our Italia jerseys. Yes, sir. I got a different kind of blue in my head, but we'll talk about that later. Oh, yeah. That's right, everyone. Euro 2020, 2021. We're calling it 2020, I believe. Yeah. Kicks off today with the Italians on the pitch against Turkey. A day we've been waiting for for a long time. My dog is even excited in the background. That's right. It's going to be a fantastic day, Mastro. And we're going to get into Euro with a special guest very shortly. But before we do that, where can the people follow us on social media to start? That's right. Let's start with the following. Uh, on Twitter, we're at MadgeMastroPod. And on Instagram, we're at MadgeMastroPodcast. So please do subscribe, follow along. We'll be posting some, some good stuff uh, coming up, especially with the Euro heating up. Yeah, no doubt about that. We're very excited for that. There's a lot going on this month. It's going to be a fantastic month for sports fans. Euro, NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs. UFC 263 on Saturday night. The US Open is this month. It's just going to be a fantastic month. I can't wait. And we're going to dive into all of it. But on top of the fact that Euro is starting, Mastro, you know I'm happy. Oh, yeah. You know Habs fans across the city are buzzing right now as the Montreal Canadiens, eight wins away. Who would have thunk it? I know you didn't. I know I didn't. As an, I don't want to call you an outsider, but as a, as a, as a different a fan of a different team, what are your thoughts on this run that the Canadians are on? And do you think it has a legitimate chance to continue? So after getting through Toronto, I honestly thought that they'd manage with Winnipeg because you're basically going from a stack team to a, a lesser team, if you ask me. I, I didn't think it would sweep. No, 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 don't get me wrong. I was not, nobody was expecting it. Nobody was expecting to crank out the brooms, all right? But I did think Montreal, after such a momentum boosting game seven and Winnipeg chilling in the shadows for weeks on end. I mean, I don't know. I, I would go with the team with the mole, but at the same time, give Montreal credit. They, they play the game they have to play. They shut down Winnipeg. They absolutely crushed them. And of course, you cannot win in Montreal without Carey Price, who once again proved that he's going to have to be the guy. The crazy thing, though, is that he didn't have to be elite Carey Price in the series against Winnipeg. He had great moments against Toronto, and he definitely had his moments against Winnipeg, notably the shutout in the one nothing win. I believe that was game two. But he only faced 16 shots in a game that went to overtime yeah. to end the series. And granted, Winnipeg was kind of dead in the water at that point. But the Canadians are rolling four lines. Their uh, much maligned defensive core throughout the season has stepped up in crunch time. And we'll see. We'll see what happens. We're recording this on Thursday night. Yes. So we're going to see what happens with Vegas and Colorado. We don't know at the, at the point of this it's recording. Coming up. Uh, if Vegas is going to be the opponent or if Colorado stretches this to seven. 
I kind of want to see, I honestly don't know. I kind of want to see Vegas just to see the Max Pacioretty and Marc-Andre Fleury storylines that come right, out of it. Right. I think the whole Quebec Nordique thing is a bit overhyped. Like they're not the Nordiques anymore. They no. used to be. There's a history there, but it's not the same as the history between French Canadian goalies and the Canadians yeah, no. and the former captain who asked for a trade out of town coming back to either take this team out of playoff contention or fall to another, uh, sup- I mean, because if the Habs win, it'll be another sup- It'll be another upset. So I would think so. I would think so. Very excited. Very excited for the city. Excited for Habs fans. And we'll see what happens. It's going to be a great month. But let's get into some soccer talk right now. It's time for this week's Big Brasciole. Okay, Marshall, special edition of the Big Brush Show this week. We got none other than Executive Director of Soccer Union, Lanodier Sud, my old friend Kevin Duarte. Kevin, thank you for joining us. How are you today? What's up, guys? How's it going? It's a pleasure to be here. Hope you guys are excited for tomorrow. Yeah, that's uh, we're right. Pumped. You see us with our you see us with our Italy, uh, our Italy jerseys on, we're ready to go. So for context, me and Kevin went to journalism school together. We, did a, we were the only two in the class. Actually, there was a few people that were into sports, but me and Kevin were the the, the sports stalwarts, if you will, of that journalism class. So every project we we've did. Kept, in t- kept in touch over the years. Yeah, every project was a sports project. That's for sure. Definitely <laughs> the smartest soccer mind I I know personally. So we're happy to have you on. So Masha, let's jump right into it. What's what do we got for Kev today? All right. So again, Kev, great to meet you. Uh, I want to know, and I, I guess basically. Madge wants to know, our listeners want to know, some analysts have pegged Italy in this competition as somewhat of a dark horse. How far do you see our beloved Azzurri going once the dust has settled and everything's said and done? Look, uh, it's, uh, I'm happy you, you guys asked me and, uh, you know, hopefully I say some things that uh, don't bother you guys. But no, Italy... <laughs> be honest, uh, be honest, you gotta be honest. Italy's in a, in a good... Italy's trending in a in a very good direction. I mean, their 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 squad is getting a bit younger. They're introducing younger players, and you see the difference with like younger players are actually starting for Serie A teams, uh, playing important minutes. You know, Barella at Inter, one of the you know best players in the leagues, right there. So that's only helping the national team. So I'm actually looking forward to seeing how they do. I think uh, Italy. It depends on the year. It's a bit like uh, it's a bit like you know other teams. I'm Portuguese, obviously Portugal is similar. It's a hit or miss every year. But uh, I could see Italy obviously getting out of the group, finishing first. And, you know, after that, uh, I think, uh, you know, the expectations would be to get to the semifinals. I don't know if, uh, you know, obviously, they, maybe they think they could win it all. But I think Italy getting to the semifinals is a very realistic opportunity. And it's more of a, for me, a preparation, I think, and for the Italian national team for next summer, for the World Cup. I think that's, uh, that's what they're, what they're going to gear for. But this tournament, I could see them, you know, barring any obviously upsets and disasters. There's no reason why they can't make the semis uh, in the semifinals in my books. Nice. Well said. Well said. I mean, I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. You touched on something interesting very quickly. Uh, you can both ch- uh, jump in here. Uh, Italy is, it's like you said, it's hit or miss. It's either they go all the way or it, it ends in disaster like we've seen in past years. I don't know what your feeling is, Mastro. I have a future bet on Italy to win it all. I'm yeah. confident this year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if I'm jinxing. I don't know if I'm jinxing them or not. Mastro, I don't know how you feel about that. You always do Mastro, this. I don't think Mastro's do as optimistic. You, you don't, I don't think Mastro's as optimistic as I am. Don't bet on your own team. Listen, I called the Habs <laughs> to go to where they are and look at and look at where they've made it. So I'm on, I'm on a bit of a heater here. So, <laughs> so there you go. So I want to I want to know, Kevin. I'm not the uh, soccer aficionado that you and Mastro are. So for me, uh, this is an opportunity to see some guys that I'm not watching on a regular basis, and I want to know. 
which lesser known player do you think uh, will make his mark at this tournament? It'll become a household name to casual soccer fans. Like people like you two probably know this, whoever you're going to pick, but the name that's going to become a, a star in this tournament that we haven't heard of yet. Uh, it's, a, it's a good question. Cause I mean, you could go down the, the squad list of, of every team and there there's a bunch of players that are top. Like, you know, we just said one, uh, Barella who plays for Inter center mid young guy, I think he's 22, 23 years old and top player already. So it's not really a, it's already a household name in the, the soccer community, but I think for the, for the average person, person just tuning in, it's a, uh, you know, that, that could be a guy, uh, um, you know, uh, I think, uh, if I look at, let's say the Portugal squad, which I'm obviously very familiar with, uh, I look at, uh, Ruben Diaz, the center back who uh, was defense, but defense player in the year in the, in the Premier League in his first year with Man City. Uh, so, like, obviously, right off the bat, uh, those are sort of players that I think uh, young guys who could already make an impression, who I think are going to play significant minutes too. Uh, uh, you know, Ruben Diaz is a starter for uh, for Portugal, I think, going forward. So, no, it's a. Uh, those are for me like two names already uh, to keep it uh, Italian and Portuguese to, uh, to look out for. Other than that. Uh, if you go down the squad list, I think you could easily pick out one or two players, young players that uh, you know could potentially uh, make uh, get a you know get a good transfer fee in the future uh, soon. So, do you have a name, Marshall? You want to throw out there? It's funny because he went. Obviously, I had a feeling you were going to go towards Portugal. I was actually going to go with Joao Felix for Portugal. To be yeah. completely honest, as a guy who I think will stand out. Because when when you watch Portugal play, well, actually playing against Portugal, being the opposing team, your main focus is going to be Ronaldo, right? So of course, yeah. I feel like he could be that secondary guy who kind of falls in the shadows, but at the same time, he's probably going to be a lot more open because the the attraction is going to be towards Cristiano Ronaldo. So my thought process is this guy is going to be open, and he definitely has a skill set to make teams suffer. That, that's that's my logic. Oh yeah, he was. Uh... I, I hope so. I mean, uh, he, he had a great year. Uh, he was okay. Actually, his year okay was pretty good this year at Atletico. They actually won the league in his club season. But obviously, a young talent who went to a transfer for that much money, you expect nothing less. But I could see him uh, potentially. I don't know if he's going to be starting every game, though. It's, he's not a shoe in I would say, because Portugal up front have a lot of options. So that's uh, it's always good for the, uh, for the team. But... Uh, no, it's uh, it's always going to be interesting, but uh, I mean, there's so many names you could uh, you could ring out there. Uh, I'm looking at some like England. You know, every year who you know are always going to choke England, but they're getting closer and closer, and they're actually they're actually a decent team. But they, like you got to be careful. And there's a, there's some good players, young English talent guys who are playing in the Premier League who uh, you know are ready to make a big impact on uh, on the I guess the European stage, not the world stage yet. But uh. okay, so now I'm going to switch gears a bit. Uh, I actually want to, so this, this year's European championship, everybody knows who the group of death is. It's group F. It's, it's, it's totally obvious. Uh, in your case, who do you think are the two squads that come out one, two and carry on easily to the knockout stage from that group of death? Uh, it's hard to, I think in my own like predictor pool thing, I think yeah. I actually put Portugal in third. So oh. France topping the group, Germany in second. Oh, okay. But obviously now it's the new format where it's a 2014 tournament. Yeah. So the, the top three will potentially make it uh, yeah. on. So it's the fourth best uh, third places, I believe. So, I mean, I think they should all be able to get out, but it's okay. a game of, it, it becomes math after, you know, because if they all tie each other and all of a sudden yeah. they, have, they only have five points to their name, well, there could be a couple of third place teams that are a bit, you know, like you never know what could happen. But uh, yeah, I see, I, I, France for me is always going to be the favorite coming off the World Cup win and still a fantastic squad. Uh, 
but it's going to be quite the group to watch already. But, you know, look how uh, I can see Portugal easily coming in second or even first. And you can't never say never about Germany too. Germany yeah. will always be a powerhouse. They're consistent in every every single tournament. So. Right. But do you feel so, as as a, a fan of, of Portugal, obviously, do you feel like you got a little bit kind of ripped off being in this group with the last two World Cup winners? Not to mention that Portugal themselves are the defending Euro champions, however. So I, I don't. How do you feel about that? I uh, I don't know how it happened. I forget the draws. <laughs> I think one of these. I think Portugal or I don't know or Germany or somebody came in like second or third, yeah. so they had to go in through the playoff. Yeah. In in the ranking system, they weren't seated high, so I don't know. It's a. So I feel ripped off. No, I think it's a, you got to you know uh, working in sports too, uh, being on the field. Uh, you know, to be the best, you got to beat the best, right? So. But, well said. Well uh, said. It's not an easy. It's not an easy. Uh, it's not an easy. Uh, group to come out of mm-hmm. because i mean if you fr- if you finish first you go up you it looks like you go on to a side of the bracket where you have you know there's a couple of big guys but there's not huge teams but like already if you finish second or third in that group you're playing england you're playing spain you're playing yeah. you're going on to that side of the bracket so already you get out of the group it's great but the next round is, is going to be just as tough if not tougher so uh, that's why uh, like where italy is on their bracket i think if they top the group they have a pretty decent i mean i don't want to say easy no no game is going to be easy but a lot more smoother path i think to get to the semifinals like we just said you know they might just have belgium and all that's it to, to get through so awesome so kevin again thank you for joining us today uh last thing before we let you go we got to get your prediction but i want two predictions okay i want a bold prediction we do a segment on the magic master podcast called bold bro so we want you to get bold bro and give us your bold prediction but then you can also give us, I mean, you said you did a pool already. You can give us your who you actually think will win. But is there a team that people should have on their radar as a, a potential, maybe apart from Italy, because we already talked about Italy as a dark horse? No, I was going to say Italy for sure is a, is a dark horse. But uh, other than that, uh, I, it's a really, like, for me, they're not dark horse teams. Like, I could see, like, Croatia making it to, like, quarter to the semis. But, I mean, they made the final of the World Cup. So, are they considered dark horse? I think so. But, like, yeah, I was going to say probably Italy getting to a semi, potentially a final. You never know. Uh, I could I could see that. Belgium, Italy, Croatia would be my uh, my sort of picks. Is my bold, uh, my bold bro, mo- my bold, bold bro pick. <laughs> and to win... Uh, Man, it's it's tough. Like, I, obviously, I want to say Portugal, but uh, I, I don't want to. Uh, I'm gonna take the safe bet. I think France should be getting to the final, and then uh, whoever they play is, uh, I think, uh, you know, they have the best chances to win. I think going forward. Well, it's gonna be an exciting tournament. We're gonna keep in touch throughout to see what happens. Maybe our Italian side will meet your Portuguese side. We'll have to do this again. Maybe. In the but uh, <laughs> until that, un- until then, we appreciate that you taking the time. We're excited. We hope you are too. Thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. Take care. Thanks for uh, thanks for the invite, and uh, keep uh, keep doing what you guys are doing, man. Chatelli flex and flop. That was fun, Master. A little Euro talk with Kevin Duarte, the executive director of Soccer Union Nanodier Sud. Like I said, a very smart soccer mind. We could talk soccer with him all day. The real KD, man. The real KD. The real KD, yeah. We had some good times back in university, that's for sure. Uh, so, But we got some other stuff to get to before we get back to the Euro talk in a bit. So stay tuned if you tuned in for the soccer talk. That's There'll be right. more of that shortly. But it's time to go flex and flop, Mastro. And this week, you got the flex. An easy 
assignment for you this week. There was a lot yeah, of good stuff going, going on with the sports, but I think you landed. I think you landed on a great one. Uh, yeah, I landed. Uh, I landed on uh, actually uh, a very, very, very household name. Uh, the one and only PK Subban will be joining ESPN as an NHL analyst for the rest of the playoffs. Wow! Yes, I've been waiting for this. Uh, just a little context for everyone. Walt Disney Company, uh, who uh, actually has the rights now to half of USA's uh, televised hockey games. Uh, Disney obviously owns ESPN, so ESPN is going to be looking at more hockey-oriented programs. Uh, so we're going to probably see PK on the air probably later at night on ESPN, uh, just analyzing games uh, that have passed. So we're going to, he's always going to have to wait till the West games are over. Uh, but yeah, so they, they bring on PK Subban just for the playoffs. He has not done as an NHL player, don't worry, Devils fans, you still have your your PK. Um, but uh, yeah, so they signed him on just for the playoffs. I think this is a great move. The guy is not a stranger to being on the air. We've seen him on hockey trivia shows. We've seen him on uh, Sportsnet broadcasts doing some commentary. He has very wonderful things to say. He's super entertaining. He makes it fun. And the guy knows the game. So I think this is a great move. And we've seen past NHLers move into the role. If you ask me, you look at uh, when I was watching... Uh, CBC, like uh, the, the work that Kevin Bieksa does, I think he's he's amazing at what he does. And I think Subban has kind of a little bit of that vibe, but like a little extra fun, a little extra excitement to it. So I think he's going to do a great job. I think it's a good move. I think it's a smart move. ESPN, uh, I think, played this very well. Uh, so my flex is uh, kind of both kind of a conglomeration of PK Subban agreeing to do this, but also ESPN bringing him on. Great job all around. And this can only end up with, with, with success, if you ask me. Yeah, I totally agree. PK was born to do this. I after his career is over, he's going to be a star somewhere on the big screen on television, whatever he ends up doing. Guy's just an entertaining person to listen to, to watch. And he knows his stuff. He knows what he's talking about. So yep. I'm sure ESPN viewers, I mean, think about the kind of people that have been breaking out hockey on ESPN, Barry Melrose yep. and the like. I mean, nothing against, okay, maybe a little bit against Barry, Barry Melrose. I mean, there's worse Barry Melrose, people out there, <laughs> but I'd rather listen to PK Subban. So anyways. Uh, congrats to PK. Great job on the flex this week, Master. Let's move right along. It's time for the flop. Yep, sir. And like I said, it was it was easy for you mm-hmm. this week because there was a lot of good stuff going on, but there wasn't that much. I mean, there's a few things. We talked about Bruce Cassidy and what he said yeah. after his uh, gonna, after the game five loss to the Islanders. Not gonna go there. Not gonna go there. But we don't want to give any attention to the Bruins. They're out there. You they're, did find a good one. You found a good one if you ask. Out of sight, out of mind. But yeah, this this flop kind of again, we try to find things that really encapsulate what it means to flop. Yeah. Yep. And Cabrian Hayes of the Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, he's at the plate. He hits a line drive down the opposite field line. So I'm not even sure what side he hits the ball on or what side of the plate he hits from. But he hits the ball and I get it. You're not sure if it's going over the fence. You're watching it to make sure you want to run hard in case you have to leg out a double. I get all that. But you played baseball your whole life. Like I played baseball up until I was 17 years old. We played on, for the most part, pretty bad fields that had not the real base pads. If you've played right, baseball right. Uh, in, you know, in uh, I played at a, a decent level, but the, the base, the bases were literally pillows. You know, yeah, yeah. you could sink your foot into that yeah. thing, but the major league, ba- the major league bags are hard. Yeah. So they don't move. They're just, they're just hard, you know? So if you hit that thing, you can tell that you hit it. Brian Hayes hits that ball. Not sure if it's going over the wall. It does get over the wall. As he's watching go over the wall, he misses first base Yikes. and doesn't realize Runs the bases, runs to the dugout thinking he hit his first home run of the year. And Dave Roberts, manager of the Dodgers, 
Got the call from the video guys. He didn't touch first. They review it. They call him out. You cannot skip a base, Mastro, as you well know. He's out. So he, he does all that. He tries to be cautious about it. He hits a home run and it doesn't count. Uh, message for all those kids out there. Hit the bag. And if you're not sure, just go back. You hit a home run. I mean, I know it doesn't look good. The, the home run trot is not as smooth if you have to stop and go back. But just make sure you hit the bag. We'd rather be talking about your terrible home run trot than the fact that you missed the bag. So, Cabrian Hayes, great, great young player, uh, has a bright future in, in the in Major League Baseball. But you got to hit the bag, bud. You got to do that. So that's my flop this week. That's bold, bro. Let's get bold, bro. Yeah. You ready to get bold, match? I didn't realize Michael Buffer joined the festivities today. I mean, it was Buffer-ish. I I I can't Is compare. Is that what you're going but, for? Uh, I don't know. To be honest, I just I was. You're just. I I I, I like. You're just hype. You're just. Bolded, I'm hyped. You're hyped. I bolded the word bold and said it as if it was ah, written in bold. Like, Does that make sense? I like that. Okay, I like that. Good. I like that. Yeah, uh, that works. So in order to get bold, we're gonna we're gonna hop back to the Euro. Uh, the 2020 Euro that we spoke about earlier. So we had ended at that that interview with uh, with Kevin, uh, asking him about you know who his uh, sort of bold prediction for which team was going to win. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna take that into a, a more detailed step, and I'm gonna ask you now, and we'll ask myself later. Let's pick a bold prediction for the actual player of the tournament, right? And let's not pick you know Kylian Mbappe because that's kind of not that's not yeah bold. that's not bold. No. Let's, he's, the, he's the favorite going into exactly. the tournament so let's let's be bold about it who do you got i'm going italy germany final okay okay so if i stick with that logic we assume that the turn play of the tournament for the for you know unless someone goes off uh yeah earlier in the, in the tournament to the point where he deserves it which i don't foresee happening because usually it's the guys that are in the final they get this award yeah. Uh, so I decided to pick a German player, okay. a familiar name, Thomas Müller. Müller. Thomas Müller, the 31-year-old attacking midfielder coming from Bayern Munich. And there's a couple of reasons why, but I'll let you go ahead. Actually, I'm going just, just to say, just say first, uh, obviously a big name, a, a respected name, yeah. uh, one of the icons of German soccer, but obviously getting up there in age a bit, not necessarily the goal scorer he was when he was younger, had a huge... That uh, was the 2014 World Cup. 2014, yeah. 2016. When they, when they, no, 2014 yeah. World Cup when Germany won. Right. So he had a he had a crazy World Cup back then. Yeah. But yeah, I'm going Muller, and he's plus five thousand. Last I checked okay. to win this award, so okay. I think that's a pretty good long that's very shot. Bold. What about you? That's very, that's that's so bold that it's it's not going to happen. That that's how bold it is. So bold, <laughs> it just might work. <laughs> so who do you? Got? Um, I, I'm going to go. So you know, it's funny enough. Uh, I didn't have Germany making it that far, but I actually decided to go with a German player as well for the, the, the player of the, of the tournament. Uh, funny enough, we, we didn't speak about this earlier. We had no sort of uh, discussion about who we're picking. We both just ended up with a German, uh, but I'm going to go with the youngster. I'm going to go with the youngster Serge Nabry. Uh, reason being, I just like, I just like the trend. Uh, he's got eight goals in, in in seven qualifying games for Germany for this tournament. Uh, he's super dynamic. And you know what? I feel like uh, kind of just he's he's going to fall under the radar. He's the new kid on the block, sort of. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think people know what to expect. It's kind of when somebody shows up and you don't know his tendencies, you don't know what he likes to do, what he doesn't do well. So until you learn his play style, you don't really know how to defend him. So, and this guy's quick. He, he has huge offensive upside on a team that moves the ball very, very well. So 
I see it happening. And again, it's, it's probably a long shot. I don't know the odds. I don't know the odds. I don't know if you do, but. Nabry is plus 4,000 when I check. Okay, thank when you. I just checked here on my re- list. Re- I had the whole list. Thank you, re- resident uh, resident odds manager. Thank you. Resident odds maker, yes. Thank you very much. Bet MGM over here. <laughs> um, yeah, I like your pick. Nabry's going to play more of a wing, attacking wing yeah, kind of role. Yeah. Try and put some goals. The reason I went... I went because, you know, obviously you pay more attention to European soccer than I do. Fair. I did some reading, some research beforehand. Fair. And I obviously know who Thomas Muller is, but uh, I'm, not, I'm not even necessarily looking just at, you know, what he's done recently. He's had a good year in with Bayern, mm-hmm. had 11 goals and 32 appearances. So that's better than he's done since the 2015-16 season. So that's, that's a pretty solid start for him there, for my argument. And the other thing, too, I went back in time a bit. This award only awarded since 1996. Of the one, two, three of the six winners, only one last year, Antoine Griezmann, was not a midfielder. Okay. So we had Iniesta in 2012. We had Xavi in 2008. Yep. We had Theodoros Zakarakis. Uh, I don't even know who that when is. Greece during won. the Greek run. Oh, oh. Yeah. When, yeah. We should, it's a good thing we didn't bring that up with Kevin. Waste of year. And uh, Zidane, Zidane in 2000 yep. and Matthias Sammer mm-hmm. in 96. So that's another German right there. And the other reason I go with a more familiar name is, again, like all these guys, guys that push the play and that have a, uh, what's the word I'm looking at? like a brand or a name recognition to them. Okay, yeah. Like you see it all the time. Yeah. You think about, you know, in the if I just use the NHL as an example, like the year that Crosby won the Consmite, he probably wasn't the one that should have won the Consmite, Fair. but he did anyways. You know what I mean? I don't know if it necessarily applies to this. We can go through other examples. Right. And again, I'm not the expert on this, but I'm just going with history. I took a long shot, a big name, and it's these guys that make the offense flow, right? Like he has 39 assists over his past two years in Bayern. Good stat. And Good stat. He might be the one. Fe- he might be the one feeding Nabry to go make those runs up the flanks of the field of the, of the flanks of the pitch. So that's why that's why I'm going Mueller. Uh, big name on a iconic club, an iconic name on an iconic iconic club. It just makes sense at the end to give the trophy. To one of those guys. Okay, so I even if Nabry has better numbers, I, I get it. I like I, I see the the point you're making. Like at first, I was like, "Where is this guy going with Thomas Moore? Like this guy's been a nobody for a while." But no, I get it. I, I get. I kind of see it. And you're playing a bit. Too well, a nobody's a bit. A nobody's a bit harsh. Well, no. I mean, to be fair, like he's kind of like old news. He's the same. He's old news. Is what? I'm yeah, yeah, say. I know. You know of I mean? course, of like, course. He, but we had to go bold, right? We had to go bold. We, no, no, you did. You did. I'll give you that. You definitely went bold. I just, I don't know. It, it, this one is like the long shot that's too far of a long shot if you ask me i mean you we'll, told me we'll, a bold, we'll have to bold letters ah, yeah, 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 bold letters you put two dots on the u also huh? kuji quickfire okay Mastro, time to go warp speed it's time for kuji quickfire you ready to get this going Yes, that's my quick sound effect. What was that? I thought my headphone was broken or something. What in the world? All right. I apologize. Sonic the Hedgehog over here. You're dressed in blue, so. That's right. All right. You ready to set this clock? Yes, sir. Let's get it going. Okay, here we go. Almost a week ago, the seemingly ageless boxing legend Floyd Money Mayweather and infamous YouTuber Jake Paul went a full eight rounds in an exhibition boxing match. Since the match was not sanctioned, no official result was determined. However, with Mayweather landing roughly double the amount of strikes, it was clear who would have come away with the decision. 
The most exciting part of the match probably came afterwards as social media exploded in reference to a five-second clip where Jake Paul seemingly goes limp after absorbing a quick, hard jab to his mouth, only to be caught by Mayweather as he was on his way to face-planting into the mat. If you ask me, Floyd took the high road and held that kid up so he doesn't go down as being the scrub who got knocked out by a guy twice his age and half his size. No one that did that, no one involved in that fight comes out on the high road. Let me just make that very clear right now. We're along Mastro, and here we go. The Joker made history on Tuesday. Denver Nuggets center Nikola Jokic captured his first MVP award, beating out fellow big man Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid and sharpshooter Steph Curry to become the first center since Shaq to win the award since 2000. Jokic is also the lowest drafted prospect to ever win the prestigious award. He was taken 41st overall in the 2014 draft after concerns about his weight and strength. He's transformed himself into one of the most efficient players in the NBA. But Mastro was not apparent on Wednesday night when Chris Paul, who finished 5th MVP, MVP voting, and the vaunted Phoenix Suns dismantled Denver, resulting in Jokic being stable to the bench for the entire 4th quarter. What a way to celebrate your MVP trophy. And that's why the playoffs don't count for the MVP. Okay, Madge, I'm really excited about this. NCAA football may see some very exciting changes in the not-so-distant future. The college football playoff format is a hot topic these days. As Pete Tamil of Yahoo Sports reported, the league may very likely be presenting a 12-team playoff format as soon as the 2025 season. Expansion talks have been going on for a couple of years now, and the College Football Playoff Management Committee should be making a decision somewhere around mid to late July. Supposedly, the proposal will consist of a 12-team model, including automatic bids for the five major conferences and then one more for the top-ranked group uh, group of five champion. The other six teams will be determined by, uh, by at-large bids, basically. Uh, the exact details are not yet confirmed, but the current proposal would see the top four teams receiving first-round buys and then teams five to eight would host teams nine to 12. I am 100% behind this and I look forward to seeing more than just four teams duke it out for the national championship. Mastro, all I have to say to that is it's about damn time. Let's wrap it up on the gridiron. AJ Brown got his wish and the Tennessee Titans fans are salivating at the prospect of what their already solid offense can do now that they've added star wide receiver Julio Jones. Jones heads to Tennessee for a second and fourth round pick, quite the price tag if you ask me, with the hopes that he can be the missing piece for a team that has made the playoffs three of the last four seasons. You heard it here first, people. Ryan Tannehill, MVP 2021. And by the way, I was being sarcastic about the price tag, but I am not being sarcastic about my Tannehill prediction. Hot take, Titans don't make the playoffs. Yeah, I couldn't care less. (laughs) (laughs) There's another one match right under the buzzer. As usual, we are extremely punctual. Uh, Never late. Always on time. Uh, I think. I think this one. This one was pretty well, actually. You, what were you gonna say? Uh, I'm. I'm usually late for a lot of things. Oh. Uh, my oh. punctuality. I see. Used to leave a lot to be desired. It's better. It's I, better. I hope. But when I it hope, comes to Kuji uh, Quickfire. Yeah. Okay. That's put. Put that on your resume. Kuji put put, put, put Kuji on your resume because that other stuff you're not gonna get a job. Uh, uh, it's a good thing I have one already in any case uh, I'm pretty sure we got a pretty stoked weekend coming forward is there anything that stands out to you this weekend at all yeah no doubt like we already said a lot Euro starts the NHL playoffs are in full swing we'll see if we get any games this weekend depending on what happened last night and we'll get into that in a little bit but definitely excited for UFC 263 another Italian angle Mastro Marvin Vittori challenging Israel Adesanya for the middleweight belt 
and that'll be going down uh, in uh, Glendale, Arizona. So you know the crowd will be jam-packed. Good to see uh, Arena is getting full again, which is a sign of things getting back to normal. But Izzy Adesanya, the heavy favorite in this one, Vittori, our, our uh, Paisan, if you will. Paisan. We'll see if he can match up. Uh, Vittori comes in on a five-fight winning streak. But some people question the validity of his, or if he deserves to be in this position. I, you know, the guy won his fights. I mean, you fight who, who Dana puts in front of you. He, he got the wins, whether they were dominant or not, uh, can be argued. Uh, Izzy Adesanya is a different beast. He was undefeated going into his last fight against, uh, against Yan. But yeah, that was for heavy, that was for the light heavyweight, uh, belt. Yeah. And he, he lost that. Uh, he just wasn't ready for the, for the, the higher weight, I guess. 20 and 0 going into that fight. He's never lost a middleweight. And he's just a beast. Like he, he's skinny. Like he's, he looks like what I would look like if I started doing MMA. Like he's skinny, but he's a big boy. He's still 200 pounds, but he's tall and lanky like me. So I, I tend to gravitate towards Adesanya. And even though our boy uh, Vittori is a paisano, I just don't see it happening. Is he all day and night? He's going to be motivated after what happened uh, in that heavyweight fight against Yan. So I know you feel differently. If you ever ever tried MMA, the only thing you would look like is shredded Tex-Mex cheese. That is the only thing you would look like. Shredded mozzarella. Oh, God. You you would not come out of that one. Yeah, it would not... It would not go well. I'm just, I'm just trying to give you a visual. I get it. I get of it. His, fr- no, his, his frame. His, his physique is. Yeah. Well, see, like, like you gravitate like he's still towards ripped. that. Like you gravitate towards that. I am a little. Well, I feel like I can relate. Uh, I'm a little you know? shorter and stockier, therefore I'm going to relate to our boy Marvino Vettori. Exactly. He's gonna win. Exactly. He's gonna yeah. win. You, know why, you, know why I, gonna win? you know why he's gonna win? Because did you see that tattoo on his pec? Like that Shogun Master. Pissed, angry, yeah, yeah. headgear, samurai warrior, dude. That die. He's gonna kick his ass. He's gonna kick his ass. I feel it. I, I can't. Look, I can't go against it. Crazier, crazier things have happened. You know, uh, his nickname, the Italian Dream. So he can have a dream. Masher's waving his flag over there like that. You're gonna be needing that flag for for the rest of the month. Oh, yeah. I might add, the Italian Dream, man. Angry Marvin. He might come out angry. He might shock the world. He's. You know what? He's out of this you world. Think you're, he is out of this you think world. You, he is you, Marvin yeah. the Martian. So. <laughs> Exactly. I don't think you should say that to his face, though. So we'll see what happens on Saturday night. Uh, very quickly, Mastro, yeah. we're going to wrap it up with some more Euro. Before I forget, though, if you haven't liked or subscribed already, do so. Apple Podcasts, we're back up and running. Spotify. Yes, we're back. And if you use one of the random podcasts, then do that. Uh, Madge Mastro Pod on Twitter. Madge Mastro Podcast on Instagram. Definitely going to be some Italia-themed content coming yes, out for sure. sure. Uh, but if we go back to the ice for a moment, so like I, like we said earlier, yeah. we don't know what happened last night in the Vegas Colorado game. Not yet. I I'm gonna say it now that I think Vegas finishes it in six. I think the series should have been over already. Game two, Vegas dominated. Phil Grubauer stood on his head. That game went to overtime, and Colorado won on a power play in overtime that probably should not have been called. We referred to that briefly last week. Yeah. Again, I think you don't agree with me though. Colorado comes back. It's 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 that it's, it's that that the history repeating itself where a team should finish it, should finish it, should finish it, and then they falter. And I just experienced that myself. So yeah, I was gonna say that's that's a very unique history belonging to a specific team, no, not no, to no, the no, entire no. NHL. How many times has a team you know been able to finish it in game five, been able to finish it in game six? Right. Yeah, I'm sure it's happened plenty of times. And then they got scooped in game seven because the other teams. But look at what just happened. 
But look at what just happened with the Islanders. They went back, they won game five on the road. They came back home to a raucous crowd and they dominated Boston. Vegas has been the better team since game game two. They didn't let it get to game seven. They finished it. They got the job done. That's what I'm saying. You're saying Colorado has a chance. I'm saying Colorado is going to come. They always have a chance. Phil Grubauer stands on his head. You think Nate McKinnon is going to go quiet for two games, three games in a row? Well, he has gone quiet for two games. We'll see if they can do. We'll see what happens in this game tonight. That is an anomaly. I don't know. I, I just, I just, in watching the games, Vegas was by far the better team on home ice and they were by far the better team in game two. And they pulled off that comeback and those guys looked dejected on the Colorado bench, but we'll see. We're going to find out in a few hours. I People will. tomorrow listening will be either agreeing or saying Marshall was right or Madge was right, but we'll That's see. Right. Uh, in your opinion, very quickly, Habs better matchup, Vegas or Colorado? For the Habs, I'd rather, if I were the Habs, I'd rather face Vegas, to be honest. Uh, play style, I find. Uh, the Habs have a very uh, strong forechecking mentality, and I think Colorado's defense is better set up to handle that, whereas Vegas, I wouldn't say, is as much. So I think by by my from my viewpoint, I see the Habs having a better chance against uh, Vegas. And I don't know, maybe Fleury has some, some hometown jitters, you know? I, I can see that happening too. It scares me to go up against a French Canadian goalie. It scares me when it's like a rookie, when it's a guy playing his first game <laughs> and he's, you know, it's happened before. Yeah. These guys, I don't know, especially like we don't have to go back in history there, but yeah, Fleury has been great in Montreal. So that scares me a little bit. Patch already will be motivated if that happens. Either way, Mastro, this series is the Carey Price series one way or another. This is the yeah. series where yeah. he has to earn his money one way or another. You know, he hasn't if already. they get knocked out, they, if they get knocked out, I'm just, no, but I'm just saying like, this is the series you paid him 10.5 million for. He's going to need to be the best player in the series for Montreal to come out of it. Yeah. I'd be shocked if, if the storyline wasn't that. So uh, we'll see what happens. I'm excited. And it seems like the rest of Canada, as I know the CN Tower was lit up in Montreal colors. Yeah, there was. John Tory, mayor of Toronto, did not want to take, didn't want any part of that. So he lit up the Toronto sign in Leafs colors. But then the next day he put the, the Habs flag up because of the bet he had with Valerie Plantitz. Toronto fans must be losing their minds in Toronto. Like I know you're disappointed, but you had already said like you're okay with it, you're used to it, and yeah. you didn't expect them to win this cup this year, anyways. But you know there's some people in Toronto that are bad for, that are losing their minds this week. I feel bad for five year Toronto fans right now. Like if you started five years ago, I feel terrible for you. But if you've been a Leafs fan for ten plus years, it's it, it, it's just another notch on the belt. Like I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't, I honestly, I'm, it's like when you have a really bad ex-girlfriend who cheated on you with several guys, but you only found out at the bitter end, like your next relationship, you don't care. You, you, you're expecting it. So whatever, like it, it happens. It's a very vivid example. Yeah, but well, anyways, we'll get back to hockey talk next week. We have to do a lot of Euro today. We're excited. Uh, we'll be tuning in at two o'clock today. Yep. Italy, Turkey. Any final thoughts on Europe before we wrap this wrap this up? Yeah, uh, probably not tuning in at two o'clock because it's at three. But hey, oh, is that three? It's I apologize. Three o'clock. I think you know why. I think because TSN has like their pregame yeah, stuff they, and all the they ads do. they've they been do. running has been tuning in at two, so you so can listen to us talk if you're for an hour. Tuning in at two o'clock. Put on this podcast, then watch the game. I think that's the best course of action right there. I like that. So Forza Zuri, Forza Zuri. from both of us. Go Habs, go from me. Thank you, Mastro. Thank you to everyone listening. Wave that flag proudly, my friend. Until next week, ciao for now.